Hey, Reese, bitch, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello, hello. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Bivens, joined as always by Reese Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. Find Reese at M of R25. The Mavs are still alive. Will they thrive? Will they die? All right, that's all I got. Reese, how you feeling after this W? Um, feeling neutral. I'm not upset because they did what the fuck they were supposed to do. So I have no reason to be upset. Uh, not really happy either because it's a fucking battered. It's the G League Pacers. <laughs> it's the G League Pacers. So, you know, they did what they supposed to do. Uh, not one of those sweat victories either. Uh it started to look like that early on in the game, but you know they broke away. So I'm I'm neutral right now. I'm I'm satisfied. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna sit here and celebrate, but you know it's nice to see a W occur, and more specifically for me, I, I think Jason Kidd was coaching tonight. Yeah, looked like his job was on the line. Like the first sign for me was when Luca came out with like two minutes and some change left in the first quarter. I said, huh? Is Luca hurt? Oh, did something happen? No, Jason Kidd just stopped being a dumbass. And it took the dude out because he was tired and was showing signs of fatigue. Like normal coaching shit. Like I, I, I was, I was shocked, stunned, flabbergasted. Did I'm pretty that? sure. Oh wait, hold up. You wasn't finished. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I, I was, I gave you an air. I gave some air for see if you had to jump in. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they told Jason Kidd before this game, "Hey, motherfucker, your job is on the line tonight." <laughs> And when that game was like real close in the first quarter and like some of the second, he he started he he started feeling that shit creep up his neck and he was like, Oh shit. I gotta coach for real. Like he started switching shit up. But he played he played everybody tonight. And I'm like excluding Garbage time minutes. I think the only two guys or the only three guys that played in garbage time minutes, not only, I'm, I'm sorry, McKinley, Wright, and Theo. Bertans, still. And Bertans, yes. And Bertans. And Justin Holiday. Holiday played nine minutes somehow. So he must have had some real minutes. I mean, he, I mean, I think most of his time came in garbage time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Markeith Morris played, Christian Wood played. I mean, Christian Wood didn't play a lot of minutes, but I mean, I'm I'm fine with that because there was a reason for it because the minutes were spread around. Right. It's not like Christian Wood played 10 minutes and Dwight Powell played 20. Like Christian Wood played 12, Markeith played 11, Dwight played 12, JaVale McGee played 13. Like we used 
everybody. And JaVale wasn't garbage time minutes. Like, JaVale got, I mean, technically speaking, we were blowing him out for a while. So I guess it depends on what you consider to be garbage time minutes. But everybody touched the floor. It was basically like a, I'm going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind of deal. Now, why JaVale McGee played this game and didn't play either of the Hornets games? I don't know. Can't tell you, but that's in the past. I'm not going to let it get me upset. But Jason Kidd was definitely coaching with his job on the line, and you could tell. It's uh, it's kind of, I mean, like I said, I, I appreciate seeing <laughs> Jason Kidd coach, like, actually make decisions on the fly. I, I, maybe not even on the fly, but stop doing dumb, like, Again, the Luca playing the whole first and third quarters was the that needed to have been retired a long time ago. But glad to see it happen now. Uh Jaden Hardy got the the third ball handler minutes. Yes. Off, off the bench. I, I like that. The fact that we got big Jaden Hardy minutes with Tim, Kyrie, and Luca healthy makes me happy. And he performed 24, 4, and 3. <laughs> the boy was 24 minutes, 8 for 12 from the field, 4 for 6 from 3, 20 minutes, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. I've seen to... people say it on the timeline, and, and I want to reiterate it. I love Jaden Hardy and Kyrie on the floor together. Yeah, and that, and that goes back to what I was talking about with, you know, when Luca comes out, I need to see them two together. Like yes. we should be able to, it's clear we should be able to see two of them on the court at all times. The ball moves on offense. The ball doesn't stick on offense, and you know when the Mavs are out in transition, they're going to run. I'm not. This is not a. Oh man, Luca needs to run on transition. I'm not expecting Luca to run in transition. That's just not going to happen. Like it's not who he is. Like you can look at him and tell that's not who he is. I'm Damn. sorry. Damn. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not calling them fat. I'm just saying, like, you look at that. Shut up. Come on. I'm going to let it go. I'm not calling them fat. He could use some better conditioning. Um, Pleasantly plump. Is that pleasantly plump? You did. Euphemism? It sounds like what I, what you would call a woman's nice ass or something. Pleasantly plump. What the (laughs) fuck? Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I just love when those two on the court together, and I, I can't confirm this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie was tutoring Jaden Hardy a bit behind the scenes. Um, I hope so. Uh, I think that's pretty dope. But, um, yeah, I, I love them on the court together. Uh, I know the ball sticks with Luca when he's on the court. I would like to see better chemistry between him and Jaden Hardy because, I, I mean, that'll come within the future. But as quickly as Jaden Hardy and Kyrie have build chemistry together so soon i i love it yeah um i think that uh people are already talking about you know we can't depend on them in the playoffs and i say why not um we don't even know if we're gonna be in the playoffs so i i'm not trying to see like again jason kid threw everything at the wall tonight Something stuck, something maybe honestly, did anything not really work? Like, did you ever see anybody out there say, eh, we gotta get the him off the court? I, uh, I can't think of any. Um, 
I, I wouldn't say I need to get them off the court because like the, the way we perform, the, the way we won, it's hard to say that. But speaking of playoffs, I got to point this out, man. Josh Green is our guy, right? He shot one for one tonight. I watched him bring the ball up the court. No one in front of him. He damn near walked to the paint. He ran to the hole. He ran to the paint. With Jordan Noir down there. And walked it out to the corner. Like Jordan Noir, like realized he had let him get too deep. It was basically just going to let him score, but he did not even consider the idea. And that's the bullshit we used to see him do in the playoffs last year. And it seems like he's reverting back to it. And I'm I'm just disappointed. So did you see the, the tweet somebody had where it was like, it was a picture of Kobe. And it was like uh, Josh Green when Kyrie and Luke are out versus Josh Green when Luke and Kyrie are in, and the other picture was Ben Simmons. Oh my God! Why is that accurate? It's it. It was depressing. Um, yeah, I, I I can't. I don't want to keep blaming it on the Justin Holiday thing, like benching him for Justin Holiday for no fucking reason. But when you got a guy who's dealt with confidence issues in the past, and you do stuff like that, this is this is the result. So he's back to, like you said, square one with lacking the confidence and apparently only being able to have confidence when we, it is completely necessary. Like if he can defer to somebody, he's going to defer. The reason I, I can't use the Justin Holiday thing as an excuse anymore is because, of, because we've seen him turn switch when Luka and Kyrie are out, which means we know he's capable. Right. It's just for me, I think it's just the he's not willing. And it's it, and this is this is a thing when you're unselfish. Because he's not he doesn't see himself as the guy. He doesn't see himself as the the best scorer on the court at that time. If there's anybody on the court that is for sure a better scorer than him, he's looking to get them the ball instead of taking the shots. And that's I, I feel like that should be easy to coach out of him. But I don't I don't know what's happening behind the scenes as far as that goes. So it's disappointing, especially when he has, like we said, that layup on that one play. There was a couple plays last night where he had an open three and swung it again. And, you know, you can say, oh, good ball movement or no, Josh, you are a person that we need to take shots. You shoot a high percentage. You're going to the basket is a positive thing for us in games. We need those things to occur. Like, I feel like Jason Kidd needs to put a shot quota on him. Or like he's going to run laps or something. Like, if you don't get these shots off, you're running after the game. Like, whatever it takes to, to motivate him to, to take a couple shots. Like, I, I, I just need him to be, we, he, we are a better team when he's aggressive. I feel like him bringing back that aggressiveness he had on offense before we got Kyrie could unlock something totally different in this team. Like we that, probably would have had 140 points if he was that aggressive, Josh Green. Like we, we truly needed 
And I wish we really had some vets on this team, like real vets. Like JaVale McGee's a veteran by how long he's been in the league. JaVale McGee's not a veteran. Like, oh, man, let, let me pull you to the side, young blood. Like, he's not an OG. Like, I could see Kyrie as a vet a bit, like talking to guys just because he has that mentality. He has that big brother mentality. Um, I don't really see Tim that way, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't see Reggie that way. I just want somebody to sit Josh down and like, yo, what's going on with you? Like, I'm not going to lie. I damn near want somebody to ask him in a press conference, like post-game press conference, about his lack of aggressiveness on offense, and I want to hear his answer. And I hate to put him on a spot like that. Like, no, you gotta. I, somebody got to do it. Somebody, like, I need answers. It's not, it's not wrong to say, Josh. You know, you took one shot tonight. Is there anything that you're seeing out there that's keeping you from taking more shots? No, nah, fuck tonight. I need them to ask about everything as a whole. Like, break it down. Like, get the numbers together. Like, ever since the team has got such and such, your your aggressiveness on offense. What's up with that? Yeah, ask them. Like, I think the person that I ask is Grant, but. Might be too nice. I don't know. And that's I, I, that's the type of question that most fan bases would get. Like, that would have happened by now. But also, Josh is probably not going to be on the podium if he doesn't play well. Yeah, so that's true. So That's the other part of that. So, um, I don't know. Or maybe ask Jason Kidd about it. Shit. I ain't about to ask Jason Kidd why another motherfucker not being aggressive. Jason, to be honest, I don't want to ask Jason Kidd any serious questions. So, I mean, I just mean to ask him to get it in the get it into the stratosphere. Like Josh Green, you don't think he hears those quotes? And I mean, we know Jason Kidd's gonna say something like, "Yeah, we got to get him involved. We got to get him some looks," or something along those lines. But something stupid, something bullshit. With that said. Um, I saw. Uh, I want to address this. I saw uh, SJ had mentioned um, that she was glad that people stopped acting like Christian Wood was the savior on the timeline. Wasn't that yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I just. I. I, I, I do you have any feelings about uh, the 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 Christian Wood conversation at this point? I'm kind of over it at this point because like people are going to do what they're going to do, like. I think for me, I, I think it's common sense that no one we didn't come on here and say that starting Christian Wood would save the fucking season. So, and, and like, I think I saw who was it? DTX. Okay. D- DTX. I saw him say some shit too. Like, he said something about Christian Wood earlier, and I think he kind of alluded to something yesterday when he was like, "The White Pile's not playing, and we're still losing. Who we gonna blame now?" Like. I don't think that was a thing at Christian Wood. I think that was a get off the white piles ass thing, whatever. Right. He did. He did mention something about Christian Wood today. And I'm just like, bro, I I saw SJ's tweet too. And I'm just like, I'm exhausted. Like y'all, y'all, y'all moving the goalposts of the conversation because that was never. Yeah. For me, I personally never saw that as anyone's point outside of me, just speaking for me. And you as well. I I never saw that as anyone's point. Yeah, I didn't take it as anything towards anything that we've said personally. Oh no 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 no! no. I just thought uh, it was a interesting interesting thought. Um, I think that people stopped talking about him as much, but 
again, I think for me, it all came down to whether or not he was going to be here next year when I was talking about Christian Wood. And once I've accepted that he's not going to be here next year, that, that changed the conversation for me. Yeah. Honestly, like I had that after I accepted that he's probably not coming back, I, it became pointless to to care. And then the team sucked ass. So at that point, I really didn't care. And honestly, I'll be ready for the, the whole saga to be over. In general, um, with that said. Any person on the team that I think should be on, like if we're if something is not occurring on the basketball court and I think there's a player on the bench that can help with that thing. I'm going to bring it up when we had, was it a game with no Luca and Kyrie and Christian would play like 15 minutes or something like that. I think so. Like, like a a week or so ago, a week and a half or something like that. I think that might've been, but like, it was something like that. Like that's dumb. I'm going to bring it up in that case, but I'm not going to just bring it up to bring it up. Same thing with Jaden Hardy. If Jaden Hardy wasn't getting minutes, I'm going to complain about it. As was established. Um, Dwight Powell. Starting. I'm over it. Like, it is what it is. We, we, there is no answer. We, I think we can accept that there is no answer to our center problem right now. Uh, the only thing I, only thing I additionally had been asking to see, which is sad, is let's try JaVel McGee in some of these rotations when we're getting destroyed on the boards. Now, I don't know if tonight was a sign that that's going to start happening, but we'll see. We play uh, the 76ers Wednesday. They, they are arresting Joel Embiid tonight. If he plays Wednesday, I would be interested to see if JaVel McGee gets any of those minutes. If if uh, Embiid is like going on a run of some sort, killing us on the glass, like I would like to see if Jason Kidd is ready to make those types of substitutions. I, I think that should have been the case. I think JaVale McGee should have been a situational big for us, situations where we're going against these uh, big teams like the Hornets with a guy like a Mark Williams and a Nick Richards, uh, a team like the Sixers. Obviously, JaVale McGee is not going to hold Joel Embiid because it's Joel Embiid, but still, you want a bigger body out there as opposed to a fucking and to be honest, I, I know JaVel McGee can't play all the time, but goddamn, like, we need some kind of rim protection at this point. At least when motherfuckers see JaVel McGee in the paint, they're it's not so making it's, any food. It's, the t- it's just setting the tone, just having yeah. a physical presence. And again, all our centers, all, they're not even fucking centers, most of them. JaVel McGee is a center. The rest of them are power forwards. The, the idea is if none of them are perfect, if none of them are amazing, I just want to see them used smartly in ways that make sense. Um, if I don't feel, if I feel like we're wasting opportunity, like if Dwight Powell's out there getting crushed, I'm going to be pissed. Like get him, get somebody, get him some help, get him some backup. Maxi Kleber, he decided to play basketball the other day. That was fantastic. But Jason Kidd being married to goofy lineups was my problem. It, it the fact that it was Christian Wood that got most of the conversation was just part of the situation. And also previously trying to see if we can get him to convince him to stay. But I think that ship is sailed. That I think that ship is sailed as well. Uh, 
that that's why I'm just over the whole conversation because it's no point in going back and forth. The the season is almost over. Regardless of how far the Mavs go in the playoffs or don't, I don't believe he's coming back next season. So I'm not going to keep having these conversations. Like I'm not going to make this a Jalen Brunson thing, how people still can't shut up about Jalen Brunson in March, almost in April. Right. Uh, I'm not going to do that with Christian Wood because Christian, Christian Wood didn't have that big of an impact on the team anyway. Uh, Even if he did, he's gone. (laughs) And so I bring that up to say, (laughs) When he's gone, I'm I'm really not trying to be talking about him next year. Um, like I don't want to see back and forth on the timeline about see Christian Wood sucks wherever he's at or see Christian Wood is amazing wherever he's at. Like I, I need people to accept that the Christian Wood situation is a business situation, and it is what it is. If if he's if he's an all star next year or if he's in China, ni hao. Like I, I don't, I don't want to be talking about Christian Wood next year. Like somebody brought up, a couple people brought up Porzingis to me today, and I'm like, God damn! Like, can y'all please get over these exes? I'm just gonna do what I did with Jalen Brunson. I'm gonna mute it just so I don't have to see it on my timeline. Like, yeah, like he, that's the next candidate to be one of these exes that gets brought up by people with agendas that feel like they need to win their point. I, there's no point to win here. It's over. It's joking. Yeah. Move on. Period. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Speaking of having things in store, Bibs, we're deep into the tournament, not too deep, but deep enough. A couple of upsets so far. Uh, which of these underdog teams have you got your eye on to go deep into the tournament? Well, Reese, I'm looking at the bracket right now. We're, we're recording this on Sunday, so we don't know the matchups yet. But I told you the last time, these SEC teams, look out for them. Just yesterday, we watched Arkansas take down Kansas. That's an eight seed. And I would say that they are a threat to any team they face. Multiple guys that with NBA talent on that team. Uh, point guard that that steadies them and can can put a get an ISO and go get a bucket for you. This is a dangerous, dangerous team. And on the other side of the bracket, you've got Tennessee. They're a four seed. I'm going to consider them an underdog as well. They're now going to be facing the winner of the Florida Atlantic and Fairleigh Dickinson game. So they're pretty much a lock, knock on wood, for the Elite Eight. Guys, tennis, those SEC teams, you cannot bet against them. We're looking at potentially looks like three, at least getting to the Elite Eight. I'm excited about it. You should be too. Trust Bibbs enough, I say, put some money line bets on these SEC teams. If you sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook, 
you'll score $150 in bonus bets. I'm just saying. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. Right now, new, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, look, I know them predictions was trash, all right? But but I cannot be sued if you went and chose them SEC teams. They they folded on your boy, all right? They all folded, and I cannot be held responsible if you decided to take bets on them SEC teams. They, they call it March Madness for a reason, all right? All right, back to the show. Let's see what else is there to talk about. So we got the 76ers. How are you feeling about postseason right now? I'm still not sure there's going to be one. Uh, I really have no feelings on it right now because I I still don't know if we're going to make it, to be quite honest. Uh, (sighs) If I had to guess, I would still say we're not going to make it. Okay. Just just looking at the Lakers schedule and the Pelican schedule and the OKC and OKC schedule. I mean, if any team was gonna lose out, maybe it's the Pelicans because of their the, the teams they had to go up against, but we'd have to win our games too. And I'm not confident that we can do that. So Yeah, I think I'm in sort of a similar boat. I uh sitting at that arena the other day, like I all the the hope. And care I had is kind of kind of dead. Like, if we make the playoffs, playing, I'll, I'll be there. But like, I can't sit here and look at matchups, and we can beat this team, we can beat that team. Like, I I'm taking it a game at a time. And if at the end of the day we make the play in or playoff again, I'll be there. But like, I I can't get, I I I, my belief that we could upset somebody if we got hot is probably dead yeah my my hope for all of that shit you just said and dead for a while now maybe like a week or two yeah like i'm officially i'm officially to that point where i'm like you know what this season is what it is if we get in fantastic if we beat somebody fantastic but like i don't know something we would have to get to the probably the conference finals for me to start dreaming Again, uh, I'm ready. I'm. I, I don't want to say I'm ready for the off season, but I'm ready for the off season. I'm kind of. I'm kind of ready for the off season. I'm completely ready for the off season. I, I just want the misery to end. To be honest, <laughs> Kyrie temperature check. How, what you think? Do you think about him staying? About him staying? Yeah. I, I think he stays because I don't know where else he goes. Okay. I think that's more so the case. Um, plus, I think I, I think he would like to stay here, especially if we give him the money. Um, but yeah, I don't know where else he goes. So I think he stays just by the virtue of his options not being very vast. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be. It might be a lengthy contract because I know he wants one. Okay. Uh, but if this is a uh, I'm going to stay here because you guys are giving me the money and I kind of like it here and I don't have options. Maybe he does a shorter deal. 
Interesting. Um, all right, so I brought that up for this last thing, and I will I'll let you up out of here. How you feel about Luca and Kyrie on the court together? I've seen a lot of conversation about this as well. I think I think some of the criticism people have of the duo is fair and warranted. Okay. I still think they have some growing to do, and I do see potential there. Um, I think we've always said the the ideal fit next to Luca is like a big wing, a big scoring two-way wing, somebody like a Jalen Brown, a Chris Middleton, a Paul George. I don't think we ever mentioned like a guard like Kyrie, especially a guard of Kyrie's stature. Right. I mean, we pretty much had the whole conversation with Jalen Brunson that it can work in a, like a vacuum or in short, short bursts, but it's not the answer, like not yeah. the perfect answer. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, that's Jalen Brunson. This is Kyrie Irving. So it's right. different, but like it's still, I, it's better. Yeah. But it's still not the best possibility. Right. Um, I think it could. Do I think it's a championship duo? Honestly, no. Because of the way Luca plays, and I don't see it changing. Mm. If Luca, if the way Luca plays does change, if it's not like the ball is always sticking to him, because you can't do that with a guy like Kyrie on the court, you just can't. Like I think people need to give a guy like KD credit. He's one of the greatest scorers of the basketball of all time, but he doesn't need the ball sticking to him on offense to do so. I think um, the James Harden allegations are coming to, to roost with, with yeah. Luca. Uh when it was just Luca that could dribble the basketball, him ISOing or setting things up for 15 seconds didn't seem didn't seem as bad because it was necessary. But when you have Kyrie on the court, I'm not trying to see you need 10 to 15 seconds to set up a play. Um, or set up whatever drive you're trying to get to. Kyrie, he ISOs too, but he gets to his his move quicker. It's more dynamic. I think Luca takes his time more than he. It, when Luca takes his time, it looks awkward, and you can just see everybody else stop doing things. When Kyrie has the ball on an ISO, people are still moving and like anticipating that he might get them the ball. Luca uh, is more slow and methodical. Yeah. It, visually, it's it's weird because people are saying, oh, Luca got Kyrie in the corner. It only looks that bad because Luca took 10 seconds to get to that shot. Luca's standing off to the side when Kyrie has the ball, but Kyrie's getting the shot off in five seconds. And also, I wouldn't even, like, do that to James Harden because even James Harden was able to coexist with Chris Paul successfully. Right. And so I I think it comes down. I know a lot of us are going to look to be like, oh, man, the ball is sticking to Luka, and I agree. But it also comes down to coaching because when you have a guy like Kyrie Irving out there with Luka, you need to find a way to run an offense or make plays that utilizes Kyrie when Luka doesn't have the ball. Kyrie is able to play off ball. He doesn't need to be just standing in one spot on offense. And I think that's up to the coach to run plays or make a playbook that's going to utilize both of them together. 
Yeah, and that's why I'm saying like it's weird to me that people are like moving off ball when Kyrie has the ball and not doing so when Luca does. And I don't know if that's Luca or if that's Jason Kidd has said when Luca has the ball, I need y'all guys to just clear out. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what the the game plan is as far as that goes. Now, one piece of the Luca Kyrie thing that I have enjoyed is the Luca Kyrie pick and roll. Um, where Luca ends up, Luca get they do the pick and roll uh, with Kyrie having the ball. Uh, Kyrie's man switches on to Luca, and usually Kyrie's being guarded by a smaller man. Yeah. So then Luca can post his man up. We usually end up getting Luca double team, swing, swing, wide open three. Uh, it's hap- it happened multiple times in the last Hornets game. It happened multiple times tonight. I think that's a legit thing we can go to. My biggest beef with it is Luca's like posting up at the three point line. It's like you can get deeper, brother. Like I need you to be yeah. damn near in the paint because that that makes this that much more dynamic. And then you're not really he's not really a threat to shoot that from that position. You know what I mean? When you're out that far. But if you get a little bit deeper now, you maybe can get to that little bit jump hook. You can get to a, a layup like I'm excited for what how that develops and grows. But that's all I can see that we have with them. You know what I mean? You missed what I said. What'd you say? When you said you can go deeper, brother, I said that's what she said. God damn it. <laughs> I can't remember who the comedian was. I, this this is a very vulgar thing I'm about to say. Um, it was some comedian was talking about that. Like, tell when the girl said that, and he was like, but you realize you all out of censored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad man. God damn. <laughs> um anyway. <laughs> I do agree the the Luca pick and roll, the Luca Kyrie pick and roll was something I was looking forward to seeing when they when we first made the trade. And it has worked out successfully. Uh obviously I expect them to build on it more. That's another reason I want Kyrie to stay because they still haven't had time like yet. I don't think people understand how hard it is to like bring a guy in at the all-star break and just expect it to gel. Like it it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Not a guy at that level. No, absolutely not. Um, I think that's all I wanted to hit. (sighs) Again, we'll be back Wednesday. Right? You foresee any issues? Yes. You do foresee issues? No, I'm saying we should be back. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dalton talking shit. He said, Maxi didn't play. Mavs win by 30. Oh, shit. Come on. Now. <laughs> He's starting a dialogue. Oh, my. No, the main thing for me, just Gacy Kid just got to understand how to use his players. And tonight, it looked like he kind of got it a little bit better. Uh, mostly my favorite thing was Luca not playing the entire first quarter. Yeah. Beautiful. And Jaden Hardy getting real minutes and performing. Oh, that was the last thing I wanted to leave on, by the way. When Jaden Hardy was killing it in the G League and Luke was probably about to be the G League MVP, all this talk about it, that's fake, that's not real, the G League sucks, blah, blah, blah. If you don't like the G League, that's fine. But if you don't actually watch the G League, don't fucking talk about it. You don't know what you're talking about. 
it wasn't that Jaden Hardy was scoring 30 some points a game in the G League shooting 50, 40, 90. It was how it was getting done. He was playing off of McKinley Wright, a lot of catches shoot, a lot of quick decisions on this shot. He was getting good looks and making them. The skills were translatable. Did it mean that he was going to come to the NBA <clears throat> and score 30 points on 50, 40, 90? No. My rule used to be you can expect a player to do about a th- like as far as like the stats about a third of what they did in the G League, but it might be that number may be a little higher based on what I've seen lately from guys coming up. He when he's not asked, and even when he was asked to be the point guard, he was still was able to translate those skills, and that's where I think the G League has grown. It's it's good. You should probably be you should be paying attention to guys that are playing well there because it is more regularly becoming a thing that guys play well in the G League. They get a call up and they do well in the league. It's all about finding what roles, skills, and and attributes they're they can develop down there that can be applied immediately up here. The people who have struggled to make the transition are people that are playing one role in the G League and a different role when they come up. But if they're doing this, if you're putting them in the same spots to do the same types of things, the skills translate. And that's all I got to say about that. Jaden Hardy playing well is not a fluke. And it's been there for a long time. I'm glad we get to see it in NBA action now. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, we got an invite. I'm going to tell you about it as soon as we get off of here. But um, until next time. Peace. Peace.